0: Welcome to Useful Idiots. I'm your host, Katie Halper.
1: And I'm Matt Taibbi.
0: And we're really excited to be talking to Will Meneker today, one of the hosts of Chapo Trap House.
1: It's going to be really funny. Yeah, And uh, we're back, and we're, the viewer can't see this, but we're on a clock now, because yeah. the, the dictum has come from what we love, useful idiots, but just less of it. So yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. This is
1: shorter, useful idiots, yeah. is what this, this yeah, is. So. Less
0: useful idiots. You're
1: right. So just to tie up some loose ends from a couple of shows ago, we talked about uh, merch, and during the show, I ordered some Trump drinking straws because liberal paper straws suck. So we got them, and you're actually using one right now, so. We'll uh, recycle it, though. Yeah, we'll recycle it so four food groups are only four stories in the universe there's republicans suck democrats suck isn't that weird isn't that horrible i guess we should start republicans suck this week Uh, jim jordan wrote a letter the republican to elijah cummings to the house oversight committee complaining uh basically this is a classic example of how how things spin out of control in the press basically he wrote a letter to elijah cummings Worrying that certain congressional lawmakers had traveled to Mexico, and basically the implication was that people like uh, Texas Congresswoman Veronica Escobar had traveled to Mexico, and had given instructions to people down on the bo- uh, on the border as to how to evade uh, U.S. Uh, customs and border security, and so that he writes this letter, and and part of the letter asks whether or not. this Democratic and Congressional Coalition was, quote unquote, coaching migrants to get past security. But within like 10 minutes, that story turned into tweets from people like Jenny Beth Martin, who is the co-founder of Tea Party Podcasts. And the the tweet says, elected officials coaching migrants on how to exploit U.S. laws. In other words, you pose a question in a letter right. but then like within a, you know a couple of iterations it turns into a fact right. that the democrats went down there and they were coaching yeah. immigrants that as to how to illegally immigrate it's like uh, one
0: step beyond some say some say i've heard a couple people say th-
1: some say that uh, it's a sour grapes book some people, some people say some people say some people say it's just too violent there's too much blood some people some say exactly yeah. Then next thing you know a couple of news stories later the some say is gone and then it becomes right. a thing and yeah. that's this is this is sort of how fake news starts and you know there's ridiculous as the immigration story was. This is a classically, you know, shameless yeah. uh, sort of right wing thing. That'll get picked so, up, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So there's that. What do we yeah. got for Democrats Suck? For
0: Democrats Suck, we get to return to one of my favorites, uh, Near Tandon. Turns out that the uh, Think Progress website, which is the website for the think tank Center for American Progress, they shut down their website and then they fired everyone and then they relaunched so that was interesting.
1: But why did they do that, Katie?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, right, yeah, yeah. they hired scabs. You the lead I'm there sorry, already. I really buried the lead. You <laughs> see, they they're paying me. Cap is is paying me. So on Friday, um, Navin Nayak, who's the executive director of the Center for American Progress Action Fund, announced the end of Think Progress as an independent enterprise focused on original reporting, citing the challenging trends in digital news media that have undermined so many iconic outlets. Which he said made it unsustainable for a nonprofit like CAP to continue supplementing it. And according to the Daily Beast, ThinkProgress was looking at a $3 million deficit in 2019, due in part to a shortfall in advertising. However, many former ThinkProgress staff members accused CAP of lying about its reasons for shuttering the site, calling it a form of union busting intended to end editorial independence. Those criticisms only increased after the announcement Monday. Think Progress's statement on Twitter was heavily ratioed with just 36 retweets, 93 likes, and more than 1,500 replies, the overwhelming number of them calling current Think Progress and CAP staff scabs. Okay. The Think Progress union is part of the Writers Guild of America East, and they said, We were blindsided by the revelation that CAP intends to continue operating the Think Progress site with its own labor and use the Think Progress social media accounts to promote the, that work. Our editorially independent unionized labor. Powered the impactful journalism at Think Progress to take away our independent voice and use the wide audience built by the Think Progress Union staff is an affront to the Think Progress mission. So that's interesting for a couple of reasons. One is that for a while people have been saying that uh, CAP, Center for American Progress, which is run by Nera Tandon, who's a big friend of Hillary Clinton's and right. a big Bernie Basher and a basher of lots of people, including you, including me.
1: Yeah, Nira Tandon, I feel like she's like like the in young Frankenstein, you know how you hear a horse whinnying every yeah. time. yeah, so that, that for me that Nero Tandon is like the person whose name on Twitter, like I I hear the horse yeah, whinnying exactly. sound every time.
0: An interesting anecdote is that Faz Shakir, who was I think the executive editor of Think Progress, he now works for Sanders, uh, there's a story about how he asked Hillary Clinton a question. And at the end of that event, where he asked Hillary Clinton a question, Neera came over to him and, like, punched him in the chest.
1: She punched him in the chest? Yeah. Like, really punched him or playfully punched him? I don't "Eh." know.
0: The thing was between the two. Because I don't think he was that amused. Like, I don't think it was a good, it wasn't like a, oh, she was like, why'd you ask her that? Huh. Yeah.
1: Interesting. And then,
0: of course, the New York Times wrote this piece about her, and they quoted her mom. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Her Always mom a good really, source. Yeah, it was a
0: good source,
1: yeah. No, if, and we're going to be talking to Will Meneker from Chapo yes. Trap House later, and it, this, to me, is a classic sort of, like, democratic schisms. This, this is the wing of the Democratic Party that is just, they blare on and on about how much the, you know, the way to political success is to support unions. And then they turn exactly. around and fire yeah. their unionized right. Right. staff and replace them with scabs. Like, that's the plan. Maybe
0: they're showing, not telling.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Really yeah. Uh, for Isn't That Horrible, um, I feel like you could do a Fukushima story basically every week uh, because it's so terrible. But the... Uh, Japan's environment minister, uh, Yoshiaka Harada, told a news, news briefing this week in, in Tokyo that um, they're running out of space to store the radiated water. So by 2022, they're going to have to just start putting it into the ocean. Hmm. So uh, I was wondering, what, what was the plan until then? Were they going to ask every citizen? Like, in other words, they don't have enough space to hold the, the, the this poisonous water, right. radioactive water, on site. And so what was the plan? You know, I mean, were they going to just ask... You know, every person in Japan to like hold a cup of some or something of it. like that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Have some soup. So then they just they make this announcement. They're like, okay, well, we don't have a solution, so we're just going to put it in the ocean and just sort of work it out. So that's what, happening, which What is great. could they
0: do with it? I mean, obviously scientists have thought of this, but they can't, like, put it into blocks of something? I think
1: they're just drawing a blank at this point. Like, we got nothing. That, that's basically what they're, what they're saying is, yeah, we we tried. We don't have anything, so this is going to happen. And, you know, we've already seen, like, the you know, wines bottled in California already have, like, heightened oh uh, radiation levels. So, like, what's going to happen after this? It's, uh, they it's terrible. They need to get
0: Elizabeth Warren in there. With a plan. She'll have a plan. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, okay.
1: Exactly. So, so what's, what's, what do we have in the, so this So,
0: Isn't That Weird is a very interesting story about a guy named Hitler Romano. <laughs> I mean, sorry, a guy named Romano Hitler. Okay. Romano Lucas Hitler, who claims to be Hitler's last living relative, was convicted for sexually harassing a minor. So, it was a 13-year-old girl. Um, the father of this 13 year old girl complained. He had put a garage up for sale and Hitler answered the advert. But when he turned up, he didn't seem to have much interest in the garage, only on An- Ania, his daughter. He lured her to his flat with sweets, brought her clothes and plastic flowers, and even offered to marry her.
1: Clothes and plastic flowers? Yeah. Does that work? Apparently. Okay.
0: He said it was uh, innocent, Uh, he just wanted, I wanted to spend free time with her, they were just harmless welcome kisses, which is like, disgusting. So a judge found though that he had kissed the girl against her will, on the neck and cheeks. But that's not even the weird part, okay? That's that's bad, that goes under isn't that horrible. The weird part is, this guy is probably lying about being related to Hitler. So, like, what makes you do that? Most people would try to hide their Hitler relationship, but he actually is is creating it. He says that his parents settled in Slovakia after fleeing East Germany during its communist era. He was raised in a monastery and adopted into a Polish family. And uh, he says that his father was the grandson of Adolf Hitler's father, Alois's younger brother. He says that it's been hard for him to get a job, and he said it's my cross to bear. But, you know... He doesn't have to have the name Hitler, and this was really weird. They didn't even mention this. He has a bald head and a lion tattooed on his head. A lion? Um, tattoo. Um,
1: okay. It's wow. like He
0: has a lion tattoo on his head. Also, apparently, if you go to his house, he has a photo of Hitler on the wall and Angela Merkel, which is nice. But also, lest you think he's like a German nationalist, he also has a picture of Osama bin Laden.
1: Bin Laden and Hitler on the walls. Mm-hmm.
0: And Merkel. Don't forget Merkel.
1: Can you imagine going for a job? My name is Romano Hitler and look at my lion tattoo and yeah. my bald head. And like would that. you like to see
0: some photos of my apartment where I'm hanging a picture of Hitler, Merkel and bin Laden?
1: And I have a record for sexually harassing right, exactly. a minor. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But I'm really good at data entry. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's terrible. Yeah. All right. Well this is kind of a, a little bit of a slow news week but one thing that happened that we should talk about just cuz it's incredibly funny is the sort of ongoing so we, a couple of weeks ago we talked about the Brett Stevens fiasco with the bed bug right. which which like continued to be a thing after that uh where the New York Times columnist Brett Stevens freaked out because somebody on Twitter in a tweet that was like viewed by or liked by 9 people uh called him a bedbug. And so after that whole affair, there was a really funny column that was written on Slate by Ashley Feinberg. And it was called New York Times Columnists Versus the Haters. And the the essence of this of this story Ashley basically uh catalogs all the different instances of New York Times columnists writing long sort of windy uh... pseudo-intellectual screeds against the sort of haters on the internet and all the terrible things that they're doing and how they have too much power now she goes back and she, she goes through each and every one of them and they're hilarious i mean brett stevens has uh... a whole bunch of these like he called twitter the porn of politics and this was way back in two thousand seventeen he when he first promised to leave twitter 26 months ago and then frank bruni wrote one it was called an abomination a monster that's me and that was about you know loonies on the internet who the sort of subtext is that the only people who should have voices right. are new york times columnists and then barry weiss did one and stevens did another one so after ashley chronicles all of this and basically says new york times columnists have been writing the same ridiculous Hypersensitive column for you know years and years and years. She puts that out there, and David Brooks writes basically like a literary masterpiece in in the first person. That's like his attempt to do Notes from the Underground, mm. uh, but he 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 does a column called and now a word from a fanatic inside the mind of an internet extremist. And the whole idea of the column is it starts off. I am a sick man. I am a spiteful man. I'm an unattractive man. I believe my liver is diseased. So he's sort of picturing the Twitter hater who who has a voice now and shouldn't. It's unbelievable. So the, the punchline is after being right. sort of called out for doing this, uh, they do it again, I and mean, it was just hilarious.
0: Yeah, I wonder if he if he like saw it and subconsciously wanted to provide a really good example.
1: Right, yeah, no, and this is the uh, it's the ultimate example. Right. And Brooks's columns are hilarious because they are always sort of like transparently literary, like he's always trying to do something that like we all learned in high school, and right. we should have left in high school, yeah. right? You like know, Cap,
0: showing not telling. Yeah, like
1: ex- union busting. Ex- exactly, he does this whole column, he talks about the idea is the ordinary twitter person is like socially isolated and is lashing out because of things that have happened in his life yeah. so yeah so so he writes adults in my life have not been trustworthy friends have not been trustworthy women reject me i passed through school unseen you have no idea how ill-equipped i am to deal with my pain i was raised in that coddling way that protects you from every risk except real life uh it's clearly he's kind of talking about himself yeah, a little pro- bit a lot right of projection, but, yeah, yeah just, just has projecting. a job
0: just has a well-paying job
1: yeah exactly so the thing about this is is like if you work in the media a uh, Everybody gets abused on, on social media. Right, I mean, this is part of the job now. Like you have to get and and a lot of it is organized. There's like there are paid trolls in there who are who are trying to wind you up, who are trying to spread rumors about you and lies about you. This is part of the business now. But the fact that they keep going that they they actually think that this is like a h- real huge gigantic international political problem right. that like people you know say mean things about David Brooks and B- Brett Stevens right. on Twitter. I mean they they say mean things about all of us. but it's yeah. like you know it's not a thing. You yeah. Know?
0: They yeah they try to use civility instead of politics. I mean their entire political horizon is how they're treated online.
1: Right yeah. That's how out of touch they are. Yeah I I hate to go back to this but Brooks, this this whole style it reminds me of um you ever seen the movie Love and Death the Woody Woody Allen movie? Yes. There's a scene where he Woody is he's now like a retired uh, lord in russia and mm-hmm. he's, he's living on his estate and he's trying to think of something to do with his life and he decides to try out poetry so he starts scribbling i should have been a pair of ragged claws scuttling across silent seas then he goes nah too sentimental and he like crosses it out and throws it away like that's what a normal rational person does when you catch yourself being pretentious right, and literary you, you just out. like throw it out right. like forget it this is what doesn't happen to you when you've right. been he, in, in the New York Times op-ed page for too long. You you start to think that like everything you write actually is you know really really right. good.
0: Instead of throwing it out, you throw it to your editor at the New York Times. Yeah, exactly. Put, this is the yeah. second
1: example of you know the, the Brett Stevens editor should have like should have sort of laid down the law. Look, dude, I think you should leave the bed bug thing alone. Right. And yeah, or his is, wife. Or his wife, yeah. yeah, exactly. This is another example where you know you, you submit a column, and you you would hope that your editor, in that case, says, you know, I, I don't think you should do Diary of a Madman, uh, you know, as as a Twitter uh, hater. Try something else, you know. Right. But they just kind of zoom it through. I mean,
0: this isn't limited to the the Times, but that is where I feel like they've really perfected it. Right. That's where yeah. it's like a really an art. In fact, David Brooks should stick to that. Just like if we see Brooks as art and his output as unintentional art, then it's good.
1: Right, yeah, exactly. And has Friedman done one?
0: I don't know, has he? Friedman who starts all of his columns with so, I was in a cab. That's actually, i never I noticed that. Yeah, That's great. I got to credit Ben Norton. He's yeah. the one who so, said that to me on my show once.
1: All right. So we're going to be talking in a little bit to Will Menneker from yep. Chapo Trap House, who we're both you know, very familiar with. We, we go back. Uh, we have both have background with that uh, excellent podcast. One of the themes of, that we're going to talk about, and it's apropos to his career and the whole rise of Chapo and everything, is the whole idea that there's a, a schism within the Democratic Party. And this is sort of still being litigated four years later. And there was a little bit of news on this front because this week because... Because um, a story appeared in Politico, basically saying that Hillary and Elizabeth ah, Warren right. have been in contact with each other. You no, know, in itself, it's not much of a story, but there there have been some whispers on that front throughout. This idea that the like, where is the Clinton wing of the party going to throw their weight? Right. Um, in you know, in the next year or so, and really, you know, it's obviously not going to be Biden for for obvious reasons. So yeah. it's beginning to look like that's that's where that whole crew is going to end up. You know, backing, which is interesting because they weren't at the beginning of yeah. the race, right? They were,
0: I think, pretty har- Harrison, Harrisonian,
1: Harrisonian, Kamalian. yeah, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And then there was money that poured into Budacich, but yeah. his campaign didn't work out. So it looks like this is where the dynamic is going to go. I mean, it, or at least that's a question that's that's starting starting to be asked now. Is like, is is that where, is that where this this group is going to be? Yeah,
0: and that, of course, people don't know Chapo was like what one of the most successful podcast on the left.
1: What's interesting about Chapo is is they started off basically they were just a bunch of you know comedians and you know who's Twitter who people. Start, Twitter yeah. people who started riffing on politics in a really in an interesting funny way and who, who didn't kind of fit into the you know normal conception of what a politics show was about because they, their opinions were a little bit off you know off kilter they didn't kind of fit into the MSNBC framework right. and among other things because of that they became vilified uh... towards the end of the two thousand sixteen political cycle because to sort of regular democrats they represented something that was negative this sort of rise of the you know, quote-unquote dirtbag left uh... and i think at the time people thought this was going to be a temporary phenomenon but four years right. later it you know it clearly isn't you know and i think that's part of what people like brooks are reacting to is this idea that people
0: yeah like the democratiza- democratization of a certain level of media right. or giving voice to, to certain people or yeah the fact that they're so popular right? and of course one of the things that the people have done to like silence them has been using this Bernie Bros narrative which we'll have to talk about in another episode but just like they talk about being rude on online you know like with David Brooks. And it's just it's not even true anymore, the narrative. We now know it's not even true demographically. But that's something that, you know, people don't really want to respond to their politics, so they just say that they're misogynist bros. Another
1: thing that drives me crazy, almost every story about Chapo points out that they make money.
0: Oh yeah, right? Patreon. I get this too, by the way, because yeah. I have my podcast as Patreon. It's yeah. all about being on Patreon. You're right. just for being on Patreon, as if they were not hiding it.
1: Right, yeah, and then, they, you know, they always say, they oh, they make they make so much money yeah. per, per, per podcast. Do, do we Not ever like blood do, money? Yeah, do we talk about how, how much, you know
0: David Brooks makes? Uh,
1: yeah, or you know, any any columnist they make real money. They make a lot of money. And right. So yeah. do we have somebody else who makes money that's like bad? I don't understand that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean I guess you could you could theoretically say, Okay, they're socialists, so that's that's a thing. Right, but, but that's you such
0: know, a we still live in the capitalist world system. Yeah, so, that's yeah. a topic for another that's so time.
1: Dumb, but you yeah. Th- 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 yeah, they they've always said that about Chapo and, and that, that drives me nuts when people do that. Yeah. Like it's like it's a bad thing. It's a good thing, you know, the, the yeah, well, landscape should be a little bit more diverse.
0: So, uh, without any further ado, let's bring on Will.
1: Sounds good. All right, welcome back to Useful Idiots, and we are joined by Will, Will Meniker. Meniker. hello, Chapo Trap House. Joy to be here. How are you guys doing? <laughs> good, <yeah. laughs> great. So, we both have kind of a unique connection to Chapo, right?
0: Well, full disclosure, I feel like I have to be transparent about yeah, this. Yeah, go for it. Um, you and I are something cousins. My cousin is married to your cousin. I don't
2: technically. It makes us kin.
0: Kin. we're kin that's, that's
2: that's what it means. Definitely kin. Yeah, yeah. our cousins are married to right, each our other. Our cousins are married to each other. Yeah,
0: uh, you did not attend the wedding.
2: I was in, I think, Chicago at the time yeah. doing the show. Yeah, so. I held it down for both yeah. of us.
0: You were mentioned though. I oh told really? You. Yeah, I told my uncle mentioned you because he was talking about like the connections between the families and
2: all the people that were too big to be yeah, here. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. he cursed you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was nice. Uh, you also hosted the first ever Chapo live show. That yeah. was the first time me, Matt, and Felix were ever in the same room together
1: yeah. at the same time. Star moment. How did that work? You'd never met before. Oh, we had met each
2: other individually, I see, like every okay. combination. But we had all three of us had never been in the same room right. before. Wow, it was unclear yeah. if they all
0: existed. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, because Matt lived in uh, uh, Cincinnati,
2: Cincinnati at the time, though, yeah. So yeah. and Felix had just moved to the city. Yeah. So yeah.
1: how are you doing? This sh- were you doing the show? We like were remote? doing
2: the show like yeah, like we originally we would just all talk over like a Google Hangout and record our own audio tracks and then just like stitch them together. Oh okay. Yeah. It took a while before we were like all just you know in the same room right. recording on studio mics and yeah. things like that.
1: Excellent. Yeah, really no cool. that was one of your first guests too. Right? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. you were. Oh, you yeah. were our first
2: Matt. You were our first like big get. You know, that was, like, <laughs> I was super nervous about that one, and then like no, you're not. While, while, while doing the interview, like uh, my Google Hangout just like cut oh. out. And like, I, I was like out of that interview for like two minutes scrambling to get back on, but I, I seamlessly played it off. Like, wow, uh, I didn't yeah. notice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. yeah. The, the Taibia made us. It was like <laughs> Latanza heist. <Nice>. Hey,
1: Jimmy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's great. Or Air France, I should say. That's yeah, the right. Air France yeah, the Air that's France, right. France. Yeah, one. exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. We are the security. You're looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was four years ago. That was at the beginning of the. Yeah, the, God. it was like yeah, oh three, three or gosh. four years ago. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. I remember that was right in the. Well, it was in two, th- 2016. It was, right? Yeah,
2: we, we started going like, I think, April 2016. And I guess like, you know, we sort of took off like as the the Democratic, you know, primary was in 2014. I mean, in 2016, rather. And uh, here we are again. Right. Coming up on 2020. Wow. Uh, basically. Same, same shit going on. Yeah, <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't want to be repetitive or whatever. But, I know, they're know. always like,
0: don't relitigate the primary. It's like, well, the it, lessons it, haven't really been learned by a lot of people, so we have to. There's been
2: no verdict rendered. The yeah. case is just ongoing. Yeah, it, exactly. It, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, this is still a, a thing, right? Rap. The big democratic yeah. schism. I mean, do, do, you, you were one of the... F- Chapa was one of the first shows that really kind of put a face on the whole idea that there were two different wings of the Democratic Party, yeah.
2: I mean, I think it was, uh, you know, Vince Lombardi said luck is the residue of skill. I think, you know, (laughs) it's just luck is the residue of being in the right place at the right time. And uh, yeah, when we started doing it, uh, it didn't seem like we were, you know, staking out some, you know, hugely needed uh, position. It just seemed like this is what we believed, uh, just you know, like the idea that Hillary Clinton and the Democrats are like, you know, sort of risable figures didn't seem like, you know, Hugely
1: a, a controversial. huge
2: lift or contra- anything controversial. Right. But Lo and behold, we found out, yeah, like not only was there like a, a big audience for that, particularly among people who are into comedy and politics and looking for, you know, uh, I, know I guess it's probably political satire or whatever that, right. And it, but like also not from like a, a a, a bogus sort of, uh, well, both sides are right. wacky. Yeah. Clowns to the left right. of me, jokers to the yeah. right.
0: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with
2: you. Right. Like that kind of thing that had, like, kind of a, a strong point of view. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess the schism in the Democratic Party is still there. But if you look at the platforms of all of the 2020 right. Democratic candidates, I mean, I guess it's progress that it's, like, vastly more to the left than Hillary Clinton ran in 2016. And I think that's all due to Bernie Sanders. I mean, whether they're good for any of it is another open question.
1: I mean, I find that really amazing. The the platform has moved so dramatically. Mm -hmm. And if you go out in the, you know, I mean, you were in Iowa, right? You listen listen to all the candidates. They're basically all, I mean, they sound like Bernie in two thousand. Fifteen, yeah. two thousand sixteen, a lot, a, almost everything they're saying, but Without
0: the accuracy. with the exception
2: of like John Delaney and like Michael Bennett right, right. and yes. like Kink and Looper, and I think half of them have already dropped out. But right. like you know, like the 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 top tier, Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, even you know Joe Biden has to try to affect something that is like a simulacra right. of a kind of. Populist uh, platform,
1: right? Yeah, even his his launch speech was all about you know taking on, re- rejecting the corporate donors or something like yeah, that. That was yeah. part of his thing. But uh, maybe but, that's y- why
0: his eye was leaking blood because he, yeah, like, no, he was like straining. straining yeah. so hard.
1: Right,
2: right. I mean, that, th- someone's someone's got to stop this. Like he's Godzilla, Joe Biden. Like it's it's not funny anymore. Right. Like it's the people around <laughs> him who are making him do this. He confused uh, Angela Merkel with Margaret
1: Thatcher yeah. the other I day. I saw that. I like, saw you tweeting about that. That was uh, That's not easy. And, yeah. you know,
2: I mean, it, it, I know it's like an easy thing to do, but it really does reveal like the contours of like how our politics is policed by the media. Could you imagine if Bernie Sanders oh was struggling to complete a sentence yeah. regularly? And then, like making those kinds of gaffes that are just like your brain fits out, or you just Joe Biden starts a sentence and then like he's going, going, and then thirty seconds into it, he'll just like
0: yield his wheels time. will
2: spin out to- and totally. I, it's amazing. And then his eye starts bleeding live <laughs> on national television. <laughs> this would be the like Bernie Sanders would be, would be the end of his campaign, absolutely overnight without yeah. a, without question. Yeah,
0: yeah I mean, he'd be forced into a retirement home. And the funny thing not about just the not allowed to run
2: the eye bleeding thing is when that happened, I was like, I it was just like a. A Random evening, uh, me and my girlfriend were just watching a movie. You know, I spent two hours without looking at my phone, you know, pat myself on the back there. And then I, you know, it's over. I look at my phone and I'm like, this is a Photoshop, right? (laughs) Joe Biden's eye didn't start bleeding on television, right? And then I start looking around to confirm that it's not just some wind up. And, like, the only people who were covering it at the time were the right-wing media. Right. It was only the Daily Caller and, like, D.C. Examiner and Washington Times and, like, those types of outlets. And I swear to God, I spent the whole next day looking at the New York Times and the Washington Post for any mention of that in the climate oh forum. And none of them talked yeah, about it. Insane. Yeah, I it's know. bizarre.
1: It's like uh, the Soviet Union in 1928 where, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Trotsky has been carefully <laughs> yeah. etched yeah. out of yeah, 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 exactly.
0: They cropped some – they uh, – copied and pasted something over it,
1: Yeah, a yeah, white you, thing. You, you were comparing him to Vincent the Chin Gigante, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, this <laughs> yeah whole exactly. Thing. He's
2: crazy like a fox. Right. He's lulling everyone into a false sense of security so that when, you know, when it, this Thursday debate, he's bringing out the real Biden. Yeah. He's going to come with the, should, zingers. <laughs> the zingers. The zingers, that's gonna, right. He's going to be sharp. He's going to be articulate. He's going to be
1: clear-headed. Uh, until then, he's going to walk around in a bathrobe. <laughs> in a bathrobe, though, right? just yeah, peeing yeah. in his neighbor's lawn. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Not he's shaving.
1: So
0: funny. <laughs> he's actually hilarious. Um, we should do a mash above all his gaffes, but um, I mean, who so was it saying? The whole show, I know the you're right. We don't have the time, but you know, this is a like a gem that hasn't really been exposed a lot. But uh, he did mention Shylocks. Do you remember that,
2: Joe Biden? Yeah,
0: no, he's like a bunch of Shylocks. Yeah, he was talking about like predatory lenders or something. Yeah, which I just feel like that was an unsung, underexposed moment. Okay. And we should definitely put that in. Yeah,
1: I mean, it depends on what context you use the word shot Like, unless you're you're saying, "Oh, in, in high school, in the I studied merchant right.
0: You said that I was just imagining
2: yeah. Trump talking about. Folks, I have very good relations with merchants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're wonderful. You they got an excellent deal. A pound of flesh. Well, we Sorry.
0: did last. We, last yeah. time we played uh, a couple episodes ago, we played audio of him like riffing at the Republican Jewish Coalition, and he's like, "There are a bunch of are you guys good negotiators? I'm a good negotiator. I've never <laughs> been in a room with such good negotiators. I think they call it Negotiated right? It was hilarious." Funny because it's true. Absolutely. Um, and also, you were talking about the niche that you guys fill. And another thing is, of course, that you're irreverent and funny, but from the left. So there's a lot of that from the right. It's not funny, but they pretend to be. Um, I think it's
2: just it like it's part of like they all give themselves the same jobs. And they like if you're one of the twenty weirdos on your campus of 50,000 likes wearing a bow tie and is like sincerely committed to conservative politics at 18 or 19 like there will not just be a job for you at some think tank or some you know uh David Koch, RIP, uh, right. funded right. outlet. You will also get the added benefit of everyone agreeing that you're actually very edgy and dangerous and funny. R- right, sure, yeah. it's just
0: mean spirited, basically, as well. Not even,
2: not even that. Like, you don't I, don't, think David I, I mean, that. well, of course they're mean spirited, just like by nature of their souls. Right, but, like, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with being mean spirited against
0: the right people. Well,
2: I mean, just in general, the bad people. But, oh yeah, no, it's just like anything that uh, like so loudly announces that like. I'm edgy and dangerous is just like the most bland, anodyne, garbage imaginable.
0: But as you've said, and I mean, this is a big debate, uh, you know, this does fill, uh, there are people who are disaffected looking for something irreverent, entertaining, and this fills that from the left as opposed to from the right. Whether or not, like without having a referendum on the humor, it's still, I think there are people up for grabs. The Quintonian
1: Democrats are deeply unfunny, aren't they? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, they they don't get
2: enough stick for being, like, as brutally unfunny as, like, you know, I don't know, like the Daily Wire crowd or, like, you know, right wing.
0: Except for Hillary's joke about Pokemon go out to the polls. That was funny. That was (laughs) funny. Yeah, that was a great moment,
1: yeah. And then you called George Will, like, a. He was like a standard bow tie dipshit or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
2: They've but, mutated into like other other forms. Right. They've, isn't right, he right. part
0: of the resistance with Jennifer the, Rubin?
2: <laughs> the Pokemon have uh, evolved. They've all leveled up in various ways <laughs> since the 2016 election. Oh, like like John Bolton. I know. John yeah. Bolton just R. got R. fired yeah. today. Uh he's gonna be a member in good standing yeah, in like of the week. resistance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's no, gonna I, be I, I, he's gonna be rehabbed, he's gonna be on M S N B C and
0: the Washington Post maybe. Saying how dare politics, you, sir. Yeah.
1: Right, right. He's yeah. gonna have his own panel show yeah. Like, yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. before in between Rachel and Lawrence O'Donnell. What would it be called? What would the Bolton the show be? The walrus
0: factor. Doesn't he look like a walrus? I don't mean to or be a walrus. Or how about just public. I am
1: the walrus? I am the walrus. Walrus. Yeah, I like yeah. I'm the walrus. Yeah, I am
2: the walrus. Yeah. No, John but you Bolton. know, just like decent, sane conservatives like John Bolton. You know, I right. think we need to side with him right. against this dangerous, unhinged president yeah. that we have.
0: Right, Who looks right, like right. a peacenik next to John Bolton, right? He really right. does. He's like the the peaceful wing of the totally bellicose, belligerent, hawkish
1: Well, there's some party. kind of uh, celebrity math thing going on with him, Kurt Vonnegut, and Twain, I think. Oh, right? yeah. I can't figure it's like it's like a times point 0.3 or something like that, <laughs> like mustache. Right, yeah. back
0: to the stash issue, yeah. 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 But uh, remember, he, there's a story about him banging really hard on someone's hotel door in the middle of the night.
1: When a federal contractor criticized a deal Bolton was working on, she said Bolton threw a tape dispenser at her, shouted threats, chased her down a Moscow hotel hallway, pounded on her door, and generally behaved like a madman. Which is easily the second worst thing a member of this administration has done in a Russian hotel. Imagine looking yeah. in that key. That <laughs> I key know, hole. and just yeah. seeing the
0: bristle, the, right, the, right. the tusk, or whatever.
1: So, how do you think? I mean, how do you think this is going to play out with the Democrat? I mean, one of the things I like about what you've been saying all along throughout this entire campaign cycle, because I thought the same thing early on, was that. Um, In the end, this is ultimately going to be kind of about Bernie versus Warren, right? Yeah. And and I think, you know, initially the kind of conventional wisdom take on this election is, oh, Warren and Bernie are competing for this one sort of narrow slice of the electorate. That is, you know, roughly speaking, the you know the, the Bernie wing from last time, and then there's going to be this big fight for the for the establishment lane between Harris and Biden. But I don't think it's going to play out that way. Do you? I think it's going to end up with
2: no. I think um, I think it's probably going to be. I think Warren and Bernie are the ones that are going to go the, the distance. Like I think Joe Biden, for obvious reasons, it's very hard for you right. to imagine that he's going to be the nominee. Right. Right. Very hard for me to imagine. And and if the Democrats do do that, it will be a, di- a, a disaster. Yeah. Right. It will be a disaster. It'll only be
0: funny for the first couple of minutes uh, and then it's I'm you know torn about really that.
2: Scary. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I th- like I'm Which, not making like confident. I think basically any democrat could beat Trump and any democrat could lose yeah, to him. I, I, mean, I, I think that's more, like, yeah. It just it all, it all depends on who they nominate and how they run a campaign. Um, but I think I think what we're seeing now is Biden, I think a lot of people are beginning to hedge on him because he's, you know, going yeah. a bit doolally in, in the in the brain. And I think Kamala is kind of a choker. Like, I mean, look at Kamala's entire staff were just all the losers from the Clinton campaign. <laughs> so, like, that, if that's evidence of, I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine that she's going to. But I think Warren is uh, for real, right? And I think she's going to go the distance. I really think it is going to be Warren against Bernie. And I think that the the money and the the sort of the, the party grandees are going to begin to coalesce around Warren as the more palatable option.
1: Right. And you, and you tweeted about this as well, too, because there have been kind of signs all the way through that that was going to happen. Remember, there was that piece in Politico a while ago where they quoted one of Joe Lieberman's speechwriters. There was a whole thing about how Warren yeah. was emerging as the consent, the, the compromise right. choice. Yeah, yeah. And you, and you keep doing this. You keep talking about it. This is another endorsement for Bernie every time. Exactly. Right. Pre- yeah, yeah. He has that listicle of people right.
0: who evil people have endorsed him. By the way, I would have to announce this because it's very important. Historically speaking, I met I met him. I finally met him. Got my photo taken with him. Who? Bernie. Bernie. Oh yeah. With Daddy. Yeah. yeah. Uncle. Uncle Bernie. Amo Bernie. As the uh, <laughs> as the Arab speaking people call him. <laughs> that sounds like I'm, I'm like. I've assembly. never met him but
2: I stood uh, very close to him in Iowa yeah. at the uh, at the press uh, scrum.
0: It was actually the second time I met him but the first time I was like a drive by like I kind of ambushed him because I was at the Sanders Institute and Cenk Uger was interviewing him and I happened to have my microphones out because I was unsuccessfully trying to interview Hadij Hadaji the Brazilian you know the, the man who lost to Bolsonaro. Mm-hmm. And so right after I was like doing the audio for them and then right after that I asked him a question and he was like really busy and you know his crotchety menschy way Mm -hmm. that he is. And this time I was at this event in Brooklyn and we all got on the selfie line and I went up to him and I said, I write about you for fair. And then they took the photos, right? And then he goes, so you write for fair? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I wrote about Sidney Ember and I wrote this piece about MSNBC. He's like, I saw it. Thank you. And I was like, because with other politicians, they would just say that even if they hadn't seen it, but Sanders wouldn't. That's one of his like things. You know, if he hadn't read it, he'd be like.
2: Yeah, he'd be, or they'd be like, You like I, I write for fair. And they'd be like, yes, yeah, journalism should be yes, fair. Yes, exactly. Right, yeah. support, yeah. right, right supports right. fairness. Yeah. Yes. I, he's,
0: like fairness, I think you yeah, mean. Yeah. Ms. Yeah, ma'am. Uh, yeah, so. Anyway, that was great.
1: That's great, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: Good photo too, thank God. Imagine if it had been a bad photo, I would have been so torn. That's what, When you're a woman, I'm generalizing, but that's a thing. It's like, even when you're feminist, the content is one thing and the form is another. In a way, it isn't for men. So honestly, if it had been an unflattering photo, I'm not sure I would have shared it.
2: No, I sympathize with that because like uh, it was some of our earliest like press photos we did as a joke, and I had like contouring makeup on. And we all looked like purposely stupid, but like that's the photo that is most commonly shared, yeah. and it um, kind of annoys me because, right. like, yeah. Whereas we're-.
0: I want the contour, yeah, so to yeah, switch. yeah. Who's your makeup artist? Um, yeah.
2: But yeah, like your point about Sanders and Warren. This idea that they're both competing for like a big chunk of the you know progressive wing of the party, I think what we're seeing is like as 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 it plays out, like their their bases or their their voters are actually very different groups totally. of right. people, absolutely, and that like you know Elizabeth Warren's voters are the more uh, more highly educated, sort of professional, whiter, uh, yeah, whiter, and sort of like I think they represent a more meritocratic
0: right, That's part exactly it.
2: of American society. These are the people who this is like what what is so. When, when the thing like that people talk about like what they love so much about Warren, they always like her plans, right. like this is her big thing. Yeah. Her plans. She's got a plan. Not only does she have a plan, she has a plan for how to pay for it. And it's just like. It, Except okay. for
0: health care, which she somehow okay. doesn't have. Mm, plan that's for
2: interesting. Um, and I, I think that speaks to like her appeal among the type of people who really have done the homework, you right. know, and succeeded. And, like, you know, have, have play, you know, played by the rules the right way. And when you hear Warren's, um, you know, stump speech, or like, you know, when I saw her in Iowa or you see her pitch, it's about, like, you know, look, like the system isn't working for – right. it's only working for a small amount of people. And, like, the rest of us, like, you know, we're not getting a fair deal. And it's about, like, she has the plans and, like, we want to make the system work for, like, the people who have studied and, like, worked hard. Right. And it's about this, like – it's sort of a um, – a, a consumer model of capitalism like right. it's like it's like you, it's like your cable company's ripping you off like this is outrageous they need right. to be brought to account yeah you know and like and i think bernie speaks to this like a, a, like a i'm sorry like way more class based ideal of po- ideal of politics where it's just like <laughs> these things like healthcare and housing and education uh should not be for people who who are like only for like the smart people right, right. or like the people who work hard or yep. whatever it should just be like a baseline yeah expectation for everyone who's drawing a breath within the United States. Right. And like, I think he has a vision of capitalism that is more antagonism, antagonistic because he understands this is about class power. And it's not about like capitalism isn't, you know, working for the, the, mi- the middle class or whatever, yeah. or the way it should be. And I, you know, I think Warren is sincere, like in her beliefs. And I think a lot of, you know, her plans, if they were implemented would be good and would ameliorate a lot of the, you know misery in this country that would, would certainly work towards that end, but I think there is a a market difference in not just the policies themselves, but like the overall political um, vision and and um, just sort of how they how they, the two of them see politics. And I think that is borne out in if you look at the people who are who are voting for them, who are their voters. Right. And Bernie Sanders has a much uh, more diverse, younger, and um, lower income voting base.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to that serious discussion that we're having, because I think this is actually extremely important. And it's something that I think the left hasn't done, the Bernie left hasn't done a great job of articulating. And I say that as, you know, part of the Bernie left, obviously. So it's not throwing shade. I just think that we do need to figure out how to talk about it. Because I think the way we talk about it is very, like, if you understand politics or political theory, or you're excited about that, or about class politics, you get it. But it is hard sometimes to explain it to people because I, I know like in 2016 people say, oh, it's for, you know, we need a woman. And be like, yeah, I would love a woman with Sanders politics. But there's such a difference between the two of them, you know, fight for 15, war, which are feminist issues, by the way. But there's such a difference that that's kind of a ridiculous uh, demand to make. Here, it's a little bit harder, because it is almost like political theory, right? It's about their conceptions of power, their record, sure, the consistency thing. But to be honest, I don't think that's the most convincing one, because I think it's good to evolve. But I have struggled with that. And I think it's one of those things that, like, if you follow politics and you have a certain conception of it, it's very obvious. But I don't know how to translate it to people who
2: don't. Okay, well then, leaving aside their differing bases and political yes. visions, like as someone who's look, I'm not objective. Like, I want right. Sanders to win this primary. Right. I, I think he should be and will be our next president. Also
0: more electable. Yeah. Well, that okay,
2: exactly. Yeah, totally, I would just yeah. say I would make the electability argument. Yeah. I'm sorry,
1: and, and I think, you've, you've been making that. I think all Elizabeth along and Warren and, is
2: yeah. a huge liability for us in the general election, and like I'm,
0: I actually agree. You yeah. know,
2: like, and it's hard to say that without being like, oh, you're being you're so mean to misogynist. Elizabeth Warren yeah. or a misogynist or whatever. But I'm sorry, like. I just do not think she has the appeal to the type of voters that the Democrats I need agree. to turn out and win in in a general election. Yeah. And I think, like, the same thing that is so appealing to her supporters, this I'm always prepared, I did the homework kind of thing. I, don't, I really don't think that's yeah. an, uh, an appealing message yeah, to most you know Americans. Again, the, the idea of, like, most people who aren't. Haven't climbed the meritocratic right. ladder in this country, right. and who experience this country and l- daily life in a much different way yes. than, yeah. Um, yeah, like the sort of professional liberal class. Does. Yeah, I mean,
1: I a friend of mine, we talked we talked about in the, yeah, the show exactly, already yeah. that a friend of mine sort of works in politics is talking about how Elizabeth Warren is identity politics for journalists because <laughs> yeah. you know she, w- the reason that you know, people who do this job like her, you know, she, she's me. She's a smart aleck from Massachusetts, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and her her pitch is very like intellectual. You University educated. Um, She she sort of radiates this whole idea of like wonkiness, smartness. Um, Whereas, you know, Bernie, I think when you you go to his crowds, you know, whether you like his policies or not, they pick up on the fact that this is somebody who kind of came from mean circumstances, who's not quite, you know, like a Princeton Ivory Tower kind of person. I think that has a lot to do with it, too, don't you think? I mean, there's that whole, if they get to a general, some of that is going to come into play. Yeah, yeah. uh,
2: Also, uh, you know, when I was in Iowa and I saw the, you know, the whole parade of all these candidates coming through and giving their some speech and then talking to the press, uh, the thing you notice uh, about Bernie, and this is the first time I'd seen him um, in person, is that. When he does his pitch, or when he talks to a crowd, or even when he answers questions from the media, he's the only one of these people running for the Democratic nomina- nomination that can express anger yeah. at the current at the state of this country or the people running it, and anything—not only express anger, but do it in a convincing way. Right. And like I, I think that that is hugely. I'm sorry, like that's why I like him. Right. I think that's why his message resonates to a large degree because. Um you should be pissed off right. and you should, and then you should not just be pissed off like vaguely at like oh those clowns in congress but like you should be pissed off at like very specific people and like you need to realize that all these things that you want all these plans whether they're Warren's or Sanders or any democratic nominee they're not going to be worth anything or they're not going to go anywhere until you identify the people, not just like the reasons, but the people who are standing, up who are opposed to it, who who, will make it so that that it's impossible to have decent health insurance in this country. Mm -hmm. And the answer is it's the health insurance industry. And Sanders is largely the only one who really expresses that. And, right, then, yeah. and then
0: he gets that really annoying criticism of well you're just like Trump because you're angry it's like oh he's, no, yeah, he's angry at the media that's yeah. why you win like that makes him competitive against Trump that's what's
2: always bizarre to me whenever that argument gets made like the comparisons of Sanders to Trump and like all these things that he spoke like you know he 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 singles out the media yeah. as well we or you know uh, so during one of the debates uh, Jake Tapper oh, asked yeah. Sanders like you know Isn't, you said America can't be the world's police right. uh, policeman and Donald or Trump you know, has said that like, like you know how, how are voters supposed to tell the difference between you two and it's like all these things are, it's just like we can't be like Trump. This is like Trump. I'm just like, you know, he's he's president, right? Right. Yeah. You know, he won the last election. Right. Like, we can't. Oh, we can't emulate in any way, even superficially. The like the the guy who won. And if, I'm sorry, like, if, if you look at it. these Democrats, they are really they're all gearing up to run the Hillary Clinton right. in 2016. Yeah. And you know what? Like, it may work for them. Because Trump is like you know pretty unpopular, and maybe sure. the economy will take a turn or whatever. But they are all gearing up, like all of them, other than Sanders, are they're really are trying? They're going to try to run Hillary's campaign in twenty sixteen I mean, in the, the general. Yeah,
1: the essence of it is, you know, we're, we're technocrats, which is like a sort of a word that you know people in the right. media class they love that concept of like the sort of impartial, apolitical administrator who has over a course of a long career has competence in sort of fixing things without having like really wacky political ideas and so th- but they but by nature that's sort of an insider's view of things mm-hmm. right because they've been on the right. inside the, the whole argument is we've been on the inside for so long we know how to do this right, right? whereas mm-hmm. the
0: they don't get a sense of how it's not working for other people
1: right and trump openly right. ran as an outsider that right. was the biggest thing that, yeah. that, that worked for him and, and you know i think sanders does that on the democratic side some some of the others do too i mean y- yeah. yang you know d- does that i mean but among the, the top tier candidates Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. it feels it feels like none of the others are really believable. Yes. Um, And
0: and also the anger is something that like it's so different when you're angry and you're blaming like the healthcare industry versus blaming Muslims and Mexicans. Like that's how you reach the people who feel upset. I actually see not I actually see a parallel between Sanders and Trump and Chapo and alt-right. I know it oh, may sound weird. No. Oh, okay. Well, no, but that's good. Sanders obviously is good. But, like, there are people up for grabs. And there's this narrative that Sanders' uh, his appeal to, for people up to grabs somehow throws other people under the bus, which it doesn't. Like, he doesn't have one single policy that is bad for people of color, LGBTQ people, so and women. This whole narrative of, like, the white working class standing in opposition to other working class populations. That is something, maybe it's just on Twitter, but it's pretty- I
2: mean, it's on MSNBC too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. There's like, there's is, a, yeah. there's like a, a very conscious effort to, whenever Bernie Sanders talks about like the working class in this country, to sort of like pretend like he's subliminally yeah. adding the word white on there, right. or even word that he's talking about Trump voters. It's right. like the average Republican voter or Trump supporter in this country is not working class. Right. Read that article that Buzzfeed just did this past weekend about the bikers for Trump rally. These are all, like, uh, r- rich retirees right. who have Harleys the, the, as a hobby. These people have right. employees. They own property. These, these are not people who yeah. are white-knuckling it for the, to a large degree.
0: White-knuckling it really? Really <laughs> well? Can I just add one other difference between Bernie yeah. and Hillary? I mean, whoops, Bernie and, and Warren. So another thing is that Bernie did not contribute to a cookbook. Do you know about this? No. A cookbook called Pow Wow Chow? Ooh. I'm not kidding. Come on,
1: this is an onion <laughs> it's story. It's not.
0: No, it's called. Pa- and I, I don't. I'm not a Warren hater. I prefer Bernie. Right. I, I get frustrated with the way that they're they're seen as the same because there are important differences from electability to the way they see power to you know uh, lots of things. But the Elizabeth um, Elizabeth Warren's Pow Wow Chow Cherokee recipes were so. Not only did she contribute to a, a book, a cookbook called Pow Wow Chow. Um, she contributed Cherokee recipes, and they were apparently word for word copies of famous French chefs' techniques. Um,
2: so plagiarism—that goes against the meritocrats. Hate that. Yeah, it's copying someone else's homework. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the image yeah. of
0: it is just amazing.
2: No, but I'm sorry. The it's from
0: 1984. Uh, her her Ooh. DNA
2: test thing is also very telling because one, it's absolutely not going to go away.
0: Yes. and it's and a it huge, shows it's a huge liability, yeah. and
2: it also shows you She did that because Donald Trump got under her skin, exactly. Right. And it was like it was such a dumb move, yeah. right? And she did it, and it's it's going to haunt her. And then like, I think there's like so, there's a Harvard Law Review article that promotes her as like one of their first like minority pr- women professors yeah. or whatever. Right. There's a lot of that stuff out there that is deeply embarrassing and yeah. like, and I'm sorry, makes her look terrible, and like it. it I'm saying she's she's a liability in the I general agree. election. Uh, I would like I, I i would I would vote for her in New York State if she is the nominee. But I'm saying right now, the best possible thing Elizabeth Warren could do was a. Have run in 2016, and yeah. she which probably which Sanders wanted which her to she, do, which Sanders wanted her to do, and she's, she she could have beaten Hillary Clinton in that election. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the most positive thing she should do now, if she stands for and supports the things that she yeah. her plans Same. is resu- drop out, endorse Bernie. I agree. Yeah, I'm sorry to say it, but if you care about the future of the country, I Elizabeth, totally I, that that that's the most positive thing. Liz, you could do. we're talking
0: to you. We like you, but we have. A I mean, I know, like for
2: me, that's like just poison.
0: But I know. I'll say it. I'll, I'll say, say it. it. Um, I mean, if, she, if
1: she's if she's contributing to, uh, you know, her. Thoughts on Cherokee cuisine, like this is like high school. Like you, you can't,
0: yeah, exactly. you
1: know, when when somebody comes up to you and gives you a hard time, you you, you can't keep doubling down on on the response to it. She's got to figure out another way to deal I, with. It. And if, if that's going to be her response to trauma, I'll get a DNA test. I know. You know, like that's just not going to work. I, you know? I do
0: think it, it's useful to have her in for a little bit more to kind of help shift things to the left, even if it's just rhetorically. And I don't think she's like. Uh, Harris or Biden, I think that she's not as left as Sanders, but I think maybe it helps just in terms of optics and the Overton window, Mm -hmm. but then she'll have to pretty soon. well she's not
2: she's not going to because uh she is pulling very well and she has a very uh very well-run smart very campaign well. like they're, well. they're, they she has very very good professionals working for a lot of them come from harry Reid's staff right these so. are like right. you know these, these people are not they're no dummies this isn't like the harris biden staff right these people are smart right. they know what they're doing and they're bernie
1: well. has some Reid people Ber- in bernie has area. some Reid yeah, people faz, as well faz, yeah,
2: faz, right? yeah. um yeah. uh so it's my dream scenario is unlikely to happen, and I. Here's the thing though. Warren would not be pulling this well if Sanders wasn't in the race. She, they would all be ganging up on her. Right. Like the media would be talking about her, how irresponsible and dangerous all of her well, ideas they, they and plans are. She yeah, they in. did. And yeah. powwow chow. Like, and and, and powwow chow and all that. Like, and it, she is the beneficiary of a very concerted effort to yeah. nullify Sanders right. and defang any kind of nascent left wing populism in the Democratic Party. Right.
0: Well, third way, remember they said that she was like, they urged people not to follow her and de Blasio off the, off the cliff populist right. cliff they said that in what 2016 and now yeah, no, they no, would no, endorse anyone except for sanders i'm yeah, getting a very
1: matt bennett right the co-founder yeah, was, yeah. was right was, yeah. yeah. and was, was talking about how yeah, yeah, she was a compromise i'm just candidate. i'm
2: i'm you know I'm, I'm doing the karnak i have the envelope to my head and i just have a, <laughs> i have a vision of elizabeth warren and pete Buttigieg oh, as, no. as a ticket. i mean that i'm not trying so to will it happen, That's bernie so sanders triggering. will be the
1: nominee he will be our next president just really, really quickly, there's been a whole succession of these uh, articles from New York Times uh, op-ed writers, and they're all kind of complaining that oh, yeah. um, people who aren't big-time op-ed columnists or random people on Twitter or whatever, they're, 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 the core complaint seems to be that other people besides us get to have an, opinions that, now. Yeah. I, I feel like they're kind of partly talking about people like you. when when, when They're... they're, they're you know, they're, they're talking ostensibly about people on Twitter, but I think what they're really resenting is that there are these other voices that are right. rising up from the internet that get more traction than they are. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you, do you get oh, it?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I even said it about the David Brooks piece. Oh, did you? I was like, I, I'm, I am the sick and spiteful young man that I'm writing about, <laughs> except the difference is instead of miserable obscurity, I'm getting paid. Right, getting yeah, laid, yeah, 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 Get exactly, rich, motherfucker!
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but I mean, like, all, all these people like, uh, like Barry Weiss or whatever, who <laughs> have you know... Uh, David Brooks. I mean, I'm talking about the, or the younger generation right. I mean, like, of like you know opinion people who have, I'm sorry, kissed the asses of like the most evil people alive to get their little share of the of the discourse or whatever. Right. And then lo and behold, it finds out that like you can also have a very successful career just calling them an asshole on Twitter because <laughs> like that's how popular it is to just defame and mock these yeah. people. Right. <laughs> that's how much that's, like, that's how little them. people take you seriously because like you know. Uh, like Barry Weiss or Doubt That or whatever like if they Uh Fill a crowd of people for like to talk about one of their books. They're all going to be their parents' age. Right. You know what I'm saying like they don't have peers that respect them or like them or just be like, hey, great column, I really liked it. Right. 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 Like they don't get any of that. They get the they get a pat on the head from you know the David Koch's ghost or whatever.
1: Your yeah, Pinch Sulzberger.
2: Or yeah, whatever exactly. It is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, y- these are real people.
1: Meanwhile, um, over here, there are people who are getting paid large amounts of money just to call you an asshole. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. So would, I think that's what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know.
2: But also with with David Brooks, you got to understand and. And Matt, I know you're a David Brooks scholar, <laughs> and I think, like, I've, after reading him and making fun of him for as long as I have, the thing you have to understand is that every David Brooks column is about himself, right? and, like, people, like the new one, like, attention haters, like, this is, I'm going to ventriloquize one of my internet, uh, you know, abusers, or whatever, all this stuff about, you know, like, uh, feeling rejected, and I, I can't trust adults, and what is it to be a man? He's only talking about himself. Right. There is no David Brooks column that exists outside of the world of his own sense of sort of shame and embarrassment about his own life,
1: right? Right. I mean, doesn't it doesn't it read to you like the love song of J. Alfred David Brooks? Like, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's totally like I should have been a pair of. I mean, like it's it's he's trying to channel some anti-hero literary fantasy. Yeah, when he's yeah. Doing it, it's like really sad. Yeah. But
0: do you want to? Before we wrap up, really quickly, do you want to read one of your favorite sentences from
1: that? Just full disclosure, we used to in the, my previous podcast, the Tarful Report, we used to read David Brooks on helium. <laughs> uh, but we, you know, Alex and I discovered that that. You know, it wasn't so good for your brain. Causes brain damage. Causes brain yeah. damage. So it was, it was kind of like, a, you know, the equation didn't also, really work. Also, the
2: world is running out of helium. <laughs> right. <so laughs> should be more, more frugal with uh, how we use this wonderful gas.
1: That's right. Yeah. So we figured to do the 21st century version. We found an app that distorts your voice. So we, you know, do you want to give a shot at reading the new uh, David Brooks column? And in, in the, there's a couple of effects here. We yeah. got robot, we got guitar, we yeah, songify. Organ. So uh, yeah. let, let's, let's do it. Let's give it a shot. Let's
2: spit. All right. When I was younger, my eyes pleaded tell me what adulthood and manhood are supposed to look like all you said was you can be anything you want to be how does that help you told me i was special but the world goes on as if i don't exist when i was younger my eyes pleaded tell me what adulthood and manhood are supposed to look like all you said was anything you want to be how does that help you told me I was special, but the world goes on as if I
0: don't exist. We have to do karaoke letters. <laughs> Holy with shit, this. that's like that's a Devo amazing. song. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's perfect. Exactly. That's yeah. so yeah. good. I'm really excited. out my choice.
1: <laughs> that is great. <laughs> that's great. That's really good. I am a sick man. I am a spiteful man. I am an unattractive man. I believe my liver is diseased. I am a sick man. I am a spiteful man. Oh, I am okay. a. <laughs> you want to do one karaoke? Yeah.
0: Uh, okay. I'm one of those fanatics on the alt-right and the alt-left, the ones who make online forums so vicious, the ones who cancel and call out the minority of online posters who fill the air with hate. I'm one of those radicals whose rage is intertwined with psychological fragility, whose anger at real wrongs is corrupted by my existential panic about myself. Uh, okay, I'm one of those fanatics on the all right and the all left the ones who make online forums so vicious the ones who cancel and call out the minority of online posters who fill the air with hate. I'm one so of those radicals whose rage is intertwined with psychological fragility, whose anger at real wrongs is corrupted by my existential panic about myself. <laughs> That's real, this is gonna be so <laughs> good. We got
1: to songify it I like know, the Charlie Sheen, Sheen to, thing, like, you know? Yeah. yeah,
0: and we have to do a video with his face, like.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah with the yeah, that would be great. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, will Austin, awesome. thank you so, yeah, for thank so much for coming much. in. Yeah, thanks for yeah, having me. you want yeah. yeah. uh, You, you p- got the paperback for the book coming out soon, right? So you got to plug something.
2: Paperback for the Chapel Guide to Revolution will be out
1: in October
0: Ooh, So be on the lookout for
1: that yep yeah. let us know and we'll uh, you know if you have an opening here in, in, uh, yeah absolutely yeah okay excellent thanks yeah. so much for coming by you can
0: read the whole book with that cheers guys
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs>
2: that <would be> <laughs> that's actually the audiobook version yeah, is all, all that
0: <laughs> all right, thank you
1: thank so much
0: you. that was great it
1: well, was great yeah um, thanks for listening to Useful Idiots.
0: Yeah, thanks for listening to Useful Idiots, and thank you, Will Menaker, for talking to us. Oh, rate and review us. Rate, review, subscribe. Because oh, okay, okay. we got to bring down Pod Save America.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. Rate and review us because we've what? Why again? Because
0: we got to. <laughs> because we need to. Among other reasons, we got to beat Pod Save America. That's right. like my big goal in life.
1: To beat Pod Save America. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Because if not, then you let the Pod Save Americas win.
1: Right.